you're listening to Chew on That. And here's what we're chewing on today. Falls happen because we are fashioned and designed one way, but choose to live another, contradicting our original fashion and design. Man has always had the propensity to fall since the fall, and we've made a habit of falling, passing down the art of falling to the third and the fourth generation. Although falls was not the intention of the Father in heaven, he had plans, he had purposes, and he had the watchful eye to see forward and to know that I can restore and save and deliver friends who my, my kids who I love and adopted and have chosen by name and I've given them a name and I've given them purpose. And I decided before the first day that they were ever walked on the earth that they had a purpose in their lives. In fact, the book of Psalm chapter 139 says this, that God knew all my days before even one was completed. My name was written in his book. He had a plan for me. He knew me in my mother's womb. He knew who I was, where I was, how I would turn out, when I would drop off the edge, and when I would rise again from the fall with his help and his plan. So what I'm saying to you today is this, is that wherever you are in your place, wherever you are, if you are in a fall, if wherever you are in the entering into it, in the middle of it, going out of it, wherever you are, know this, God is completely and fully aware. He's never been surprised at anything that's ever happened to you. He's never been upset. He's never been mad or angry. In fact, he has always looked at you with love and kindness and the best because he chose you from the beginning of the world. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we're discussing week number three from the sermon series, The Rise After the Fall. Again, my name is Keith, and joining me as almost always, <laughs> Pastors Dallas and Megan. Hi. Hello, hello. Hi. That's my droopy dog. Hi. Oh, a little more bass. A little more bass. A little more, Hi. Little more bass. A little more yet. That's all I can do. Okay. That's pretty good. That's, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, how's we'll, it going today, guys? We'll take it. It's going great. It's going really, really good. We're a lot, we're a much more uh, sunshiny group here today yes. than we were last week. No like one I'm is just sick. Gonna say. I, I love that she keeps using the word we. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Guys, we're a team here, all right? Last yes. week, Keith, Keith was pretty tired too. He's like, I was I just, I'm tired. I was, I was yeah. straight up like, if if I don't have coffee in the morning, and this so, sounds so like, if I don't have my coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't have my coffee and I didn't work out either. Yeah. So, oh, so it was like this. Your body twofer. was like, nope. Yeah. So don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. Don't talk to me till I have my co- coffee. Case of the Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> or case of the moon days. Double moon espresso. Day. Yes. But no, Megan, so you're feeling better. Praise God. Yes. Yeah, it, it was food poisoning, pretty sure, because nobody in my <laughs> house got it. And y'all, it was <laughs> it was brutal. And so if you're one of those people out there, um, Green Bay has just been kind of rampant with with bugs and yeah. whatever. And so, man, I feel for you. And I'm, I'm going to be praying for all the sick people. Like, right like now. illness bugs, not illness, bugs, bugs, not like, like well, I don't want like, like bugs I don't, I don't want to like, like put this in, in my time oh. capsule and bury it in the backyard <laughs> and come back in 20 years and be like, there's a lot of bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cicadas and yes. beetles. What are no, cicadas? Like, it's like, oh, you don't know. Which, ones are, which ones are those? That's the one like. It's like if they make a weird sound and then they like leave like these. Don't they leave the, they these leave shells? Yeah. So like. So, so can, can you visually describe yes, them to me? I'm going to explain it. It's like a, it's kind of like a flying beetle thing. So cicadas live underground for 17 years. Stop 17 it. years. It's like the world of the world. 17 years, they come out of the ground. They crawl up a tree. They make that weird sound Dallas is talking about. You've heard it in like, no, 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 no. It's like July where all of a sudden you hear really loud. It's those bugs. And I don't know if I ever saw them. And then they make that sound. They meet and they die. So they live in the ground for 17 years. They come up for like a month. 
I, I do it wish we were. Day. I wish we were a video podcast right now, so people could see how surprised I was. Like, <laughs> holy moly, Megan knows a lot of us. I, 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 I have I was speechless. We were just anyway. told a story right now. Like, holy moly, I didn't know any that was, of that, that stuff. Was free. You're I welcome. just knew that they're like, eh, and then they leave their skin everywhere, and you're like, oh, it's so gross. <laughs> okay, uh, so I I don't even know how to pronounce. This. Zicadas? Cicada. Is that with an S? It's a C. Oh, it's spelled obviously. really weird. Here's the thing. I'm not even going to fact check it. Yeah. Megan's all over it, okay? It's it. spelled with the C, okay? But yeah. but I do think <laughs> the, the the listeners need a picture. So you, If you want to see a picture of one of those Megan things, you- Megan at lifechurchgv.com <laughs> and she'll send you No, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. With, with a proper uh, spelling. Should I do proper spelling or phonetic spelling? Uh, a proper spelling, and then you might as well just- Link, you know, the sound. Oh, the sound. <laughs> it sounds like someone come. Uh, hello. There, there has to be someone, there has to be someone like listening to this. Like, we, so we're just going to jump over the fact that Megan knew all that information, right? <laughs> oh, I didn't. Uh, bugs. I did bug. not. You know, um, you told such a great story. I grew too. up, I grew up around here. I grew up in the woods, essentially. Like, we lived in a, <laughs> a wooded area. And so, as a kid, like, I, I would run barefoot through the woods. I was exploring stuff, digging hole. I was also homeschooled. And so a lot of my like school was just like learning life, like learning yeah. nature, you know what I mean? And so I know a little bit about a lot of things. That's, yeah. that's, that's very cool. I didn't know that about you. That's, I did not know they came. From, I, I, I'm a West Coast guy. Go Suns. So I was like, I thought <laughs> I thought they were West Coast bugs. Which so. Phoenix is very far away from the coast. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm from the West Coast. Go Suns, which is like 900 miles away. <laughs> Still, I'm going to throw it in there. I'm getting some haters today. <laughs> Dallas at LifeChurchGV.com. Yeah. Playoffs are coming, baby. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get this going. The fall part of the story is not always easy to communicate. Nobody likes to nobody likes to nobody likes to share their 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 failures and blunders when you especially when you choose a vocation that you're supposed to be perfect. What I'm saying to you is this. Then no matter how wonderful things are, no matter how amazing things are, no matter how much you desire to do good things, sometimes stuff happens. What is, what's the job you have right now? Like, wh- how did you get there? Uh, what were the steps you had to take? You probably uh, went to school, you went to college, you studied, you prepared, or maybe you were thrown into your job, right? It was kind of random. Like, I don't know, I just started doing this thing and it turns out I was really good at it and I've gotten promoted and here I am. And um, are we maybe missing a, a piece? And so that's what I'm excited to dive into today is what is that missing piece? Because a lot of us, we think that to just perform well at our job, to just be successful, to be the top sales leader, to be, um, you know, for me, it was the highest performing long home consultant in the Midwest. Like for me, I was like, yeah, the guys just said, what, <laughs> what? Um, and so, you know, you get to this place and you're like, okay, so I'm, I'm pretty good at my job, right? I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do. Um, but maybe there's not a lot when you kind of open the door and, and look behind oh. you, oh, right? Yeah. Like where, has your character followed you? Mm-hmm. Has it brought you to that place? Or have you gotten to that place some other way aside from your character? And do you think that that's important or do you even care? I, I do. It's funny because when I heard this clip, I was like, I don't, I didn't like how it ended because I think in our minds, we when stuff happens, no, 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 no. But I did everything by, you know, the right, right. thing. Why is, but that's the reality. Yeah. The reality is you could prepare as all, as much as you want. What are you going to do when stuff happens? Because stuff happens. We don't live perfect lives. We're not in a perfect world. Totally. And so like, what, what do we do and how do we prepare and, 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 you know, what is our mind frame when stuff happens? Because yeah. we can lash out or we can just go, we can, you know, seek him in this and just go, I, I didn't, I wasn't prepared for this, but, but thankfully you were. And, and I, I need your help in this. Mm. Yeah. Our, we can get to places and if we're lacking character will be faced with a higher level of responsibility because you've grown in your position, you've grown in your talent. And so now you carry a lot of responsibility. And if your character hasn't kept 
kept up, that's where you're going to hit these moments of failure. And I, so we're calling them falls. Right. And so I, I wonder if for some people they're like, well, I haven't fallen. It's not like I've fell way off the deep end, but maybe you encountered something last week where, um, you snapped at one of your employees, right? And you said something that was so not you, that was not Jesusly because you had that that lack of character moment, right? Like you haven't been letting your character build with the with the level of your success. And so I think that's the that's the failure piece to talk about here today. Totally. Well, so this is week three of of the series and and as a person that doesn't know what is coming next, like there's a lot of times where we'll start a sermon series and I will even get the, these weeks where I'm going to talk about this, this from pastor Sean. Yeah. So like, it's not like a total out of left field. Um, this one, this series completely is. Cause I don't know what any, any of these people are going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what issues they're going to spring about, but, but so week three into this and we're going to go, what are we going to go? Six weeks on this series? I believe five so. or six. Um, I'm I'm still waiting for the person to tell like to say this because this there's a there's a rise after the fall yeah. but not a single person has said uh well I I started in the fall like oh, yeah. like when you're saying like is your character growing with mm. like that's assuming that I had character first yeah you know yeah. and so what I got more from from Barry's talk mm-hmm. um and then the ideas that we were talking pre-show was well what about the people that didn't that just don't have character to begin with mm. we're all something yeah. Like we are all something. Um, but that doesn't mean that something's any good. Yeah. Right. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a person that came from, I was, I was, I was raised in the fall. I, I weirdly, I was like, that's the fall. I only knew the fall. Wow. Yeah. So good. So w- what do you, what do we do? What is, what does a listener do when, you know, they didn't have a fall. It's just always been that way. I don't yeah. know anything else. This is how life is for me. Yeah. Like, what do we say to that? Well, it, I love the definition I've heard of character is is how you are when no one's looking. Like that's your character. That's who you are. And so I would agree with you. I think I didn't have character because I definitely was two different people until my sin or yeah, my too. lifestyle was exposed. And once it was out, then it's like, all right, now it's time to really be me. And so, um, you know, and, and the re- reality is, is you can hide things as long as you want. If you keep hiding it and not and not exposing it, it will be exposed because God wants you to have character. Mm-hmm. He wants you to be the same person in or out of closed doors that you're not going to talk or act a certain way um, because certain people are around. You're just you everywhere. And so I so looking at definition, I would agree with you. I think it it took a fall for me to go, okay, now I need character. <laughs> like I need to walk in character. And mm. so so thankfully this happened before I was in full-time ministry, you know, to know that I'm bringing character into ministry or into my calling or my direction in that. Yeah, it's like if you're in a fast-paced corporate job, you're like character hardly plays into this. You should see what kind of decisions we make sitting yep. in the boardroom sometimes, right? Um, because I know that there's a lot of even unethical things. And so, but here's here's the real deal. You're not, you're not gonna be judged on your level of success. You won't be judged on how many things you sold or how high you climbed or how far you got. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's totally it. It's What is your character? Who are you when you go home to your kids? Who are you when it's just you and your spouse, you know, and you're out at dinner having a, an important conversation, right? Because I see some of those people sitting (laughs) when I'm out having dinner and they're having a kind of like, that's your character that like, this is who you are. Wow. wow. Dang. You know, you need some Jesus. And so, um, yeah, building, building character is not, not easy, but you're right. Maybe sometimes it does take a fall. What What was your age the first time you did a self evaluation like that? I mean, people say that they're aware of themselves mm. almost their entire lives, but the honest to goodness truth is that typically most people never actually look in the mirror. Yeah, they just kind of coast. They just kind of sit yeah. stagnant. When was the first time for you, Megan, that you self evaluated your 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 psyche, your your personality, your character? I think. I was always um, focused on like, who am I becoming and who do I want to be? And essentially that got me to a place of 
great loneliness <laughs> and um, because I was really looking inward. And so finally it got to this place where I was so dissatisfied with like who I was and what I was accomplishing um, that, that it brought me to a place where it actually, it humbled me. And so in a sense, that kind of was my fault. It was the moment of like, okay, I am not enough to even satisfy my own self. Like my own dreams aren't, they could never be big enough or good enough. They say you're never going to be the smartest or the prettiest in the room. Right. And um, so sometimes you kind of have to get to that point of like, I'm just, I'm not enough to like be happy enough with myself. Like there needs to be something more. And so to answer your question, Keith, I mean, that was probably like 24. Oh my goodness. So it's crazy. 23 for me. It was 23. And it was to the point, actually, uh, one of my mentors from, from Las Vegas, Pastor John Bohr even said, he goes, I feel like you figure out life around 23, 24. Yeah. I I think that that's uh, accurate. I think that a psychologist would have Easily pin the tail on the donkey on that one. Like, yeah. Like, oh, I, I don't even have to guess with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine was 20. Okay. Um, well, you grew up fast and hard. Yes. <laughs> that, that's actually, that's actually not a, that's not an unfair assessment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was talking to a rabbi, Rabbi Matt, not too long ago. I did a, a sermon at the, at the guys retreat and he, we, he was giving me pointers and, um, on that. And if you want to listen to that, you can, our sermon series, uh, all the sermons from the guys retreats are, are in our podcast, the, uh, the life church sermon series. Um, but anyway, I was, I was talking with Rabbi Matt and, um, he was, we were talking about how I presented, uh, the, uh, my, my posture and my voice, my cadence and my voice, you know, the, the things that you would normally talk about from a skilled professional speaker, like he is like, he is skilled professional speaker. So the fact that he was even taking time out of his day to do this, I was like, yes, Matt. Thanks, man. Uh-huh. No, no, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, but he said one thing that was that was because the as our conversations with me and Matt often do is they start on the on the point and the topic that we we're talking about, and then they they take a sharp right or left. Uh, and we we started talking about just where I was as a man, like in my life right now. And and he he said something that was really insightful for me at the time. He goes, "How old are you?" I go, "Well, I'm thirty nine." And he goes, everything you just said in this conversation, we were talking about dreams and what I want to pursue and where do I feel stuck where I, like, do I feel like in a, in a stuck growth moment? And he goes, at, usually at about 40, most men in, in, in Western civilization, they go through this, this, what exactly what you're talking about. So you are, what you're saying is right on point. And without getting specific, it probably sounds super random, but like the fact that he was like, as, as a man who counsels other men, goes, Hey dude, you're right on, you're right on what you're doing. Isn't unusual. Yeah. All right. You, you, most men go through this, but the problem is most men won't identify that they're going through it. Mm. So he said, that's usually coupled in with like buying big houses or a boat or a sports car or getting a divorce or (laughs) not getting a divorce. Yeah. He goes, what, what you're struggling with is just, it's an internal thing and men do it. Yeah. Like everyone goes through this and you're, you will come out stronger leaning on God with it. And that's mm-hmm. where it is. Like where you said, where's our first look at moment, you know? Yeah. I think most people do have that at about, uh, early twenties. Yeah. Um, do they identify with it? Do they say, yeah, no, that happened there. Probably not unless they're asked, mm-hmm. Hey, when did, when did your character all of a sudden yeah. kick yeah. in? Right. Yeah. And I, I, but I could absolutely say that there's probably people listening that either didn't realize that that was happening or weren't satisfied with the results. Mm-hmm. You know, if nothing changes in, in life, nothing's going to change. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And myself as a, as a person, um, I, I had my first one at about 20, uh, and it, but I didn't stop there. Right. There, there was an evaluation of my character of my, of all the good and the bad that I'd done. Um, and there was going to be reckoning for it. I had to go out and actively apologize for the wrongs I did. Even, even at that point, 20 years from 20 years on the planet, I'd, burned everything I could down mm. and, and I hurt as many people as I could um, consciously and subconsciously, yeah. you know, but I, I understood that the, when I did that evaluation process um, that that wasn't, it wasn't a Sunday afternoon and I'm done sort of thing. Yeah. It was a, con- like, it was something that w- would continually need to be done. So if you're listening you don't, you've never, you've never a actively known you were, you've looked inward mm. um, it's something I do daily. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's my daily inventory. I daily inventory my person, 
uh, the things I'd done poorly that day and the things I'd done good that day. Because an inventory isn't also just negative. It's not just a barrage of of all, my 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 list of all the things that's wrong with me. Because yeah. in the beginning, that would have been a massive list. Yeah. And, I also have to inventory good things in my personality, good things in my character. Yeah. What are the strong things? What can I what can I take from my character that I could, that I can use to propulse me to another level because those are the attributes I'm going to use to magnify other things. Yeah. The secret to my inventory is the things I didn't want God wanted. Mm-hmm. Like the things I didn't want inside me, God's like, "Cool. I'll take them whenever you're ready, man." Yeah. Whenever you're ready, I wow. will take them. Yeah. But if you're not ready, keep them sitting it. It's fine. Right. So Barry's message for me and the sound clips I think are going to support it. Yeah. Because I cut the sound clips <laughs> <laughs> is um, Barry's, Barry's story is a story of humbling. Yes. It's a story of humility. Yep. Yeah. Now humility is not defined. It sounds a lot like, but is not humiliation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now people's fall rise and falls. It, I think are grounded and rooted in an element of humility. Yeah. Not humiliation, though some of the stories we're going to hear, I, I'm sure, were humiliating. Yeah. Pastor Lee last week said that. I was humiliated. Mm-hmm. But to be humble, to be to have humility, it does not mean humiliation. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I took Barry's story as it was a it was a constant over the course of 35 years of God just putting things into his life to humble him, mm-hmm. putting things into his life to say, you know what, man, I don't know. Uh, you think you got it here, but I got it. Like, yeah, I'm God. So good. You are not God. So let me show you again how you are not God. When I was when I was a lead pastor in uh, the state of North Carolina, um, something began to emerge in my life, and. Uh, it, it was, it was things that I began to notice in my character because I was pretty successful in youth ministry. Actually, I was really successful in youth ministry. And I think that, I think that my giftings took me to a place where my character, it could, my gifts took me to a place that my character couldn't keep me. I know you've heard that before and you'll probably hear it again from one of the other guys that are going to be speaking. But when you rise so fast and you're so successful, you begin to think that you're invincible and you begin to think that you have, you, you, you are Superman, that you can, you can dodge bullets and you can dodge, you can dodge the things that the enemy will throw at you. You can, you can actually dodge the fiery darts that he throws. In fact, the reason that, that you can't feel the fiery dart sometimes. The reason we can't feel the fiery dart sometimes is because we're so numb and so traumatized that we can't even feel the attack of the enemy in our lives. It's, yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like the, the, the church world is kind of going through this right now of people where you're like, whoa, what happened? And, and the reality of that is I think when you rise, you rise and, and you become popular and the it guy and stuff like that. Um, I bet if you ask every person who fell, like what happened? And I bet a lot of them would probably say, I was just in the grind, that I wasn't paying attention mm. to the accountability that I needed. I wasn't paying attention to the people I surround myself with. I, you know, I, I kept saying, hey, God can do something in this, but I wasn't looking at my my boundaries and everything like that. And and and, and just like Pastor Barry said, there's this numbness that comes where you just don't even realize that you're like, oh gosh, I didn't I didn't realize I was doing this because you're so focused on the rise that you weren't paying attention to the to your surroundings. And I so I I think it's really, really important as you rise is to stop and evaluate, you know. Do I have my boundaries? Do I have my character? Do I have my, you know, those people who are going to help me um, as I grow and continue to grow in, in my faith, in my marriage, in my parenting, you know? I think those are so important to have with you because, you know, some people you are, you're going to, success is going to come and that's great and there's nothing wrong with success, but you, you got to just make sure you're focused in that success so that way, you know, that you're not going to, is quick as you rise up, you won't as quickly fall down because you weren't uh, focused on the right things. Hmm. Yeah. What are, what are you looking towards? Are you looking at um, your success or 
are you looking to something else? That's interesting. I mean, think Pastor Barry during this time, he was uh, working as a pastor. He's He's reading his Bible. He's prayerful. He's a good man. He's not, um, you know what I mean? Like getting caught up on the wrong, wrong side of the tracks or anything. So yeah. uh, to even hear him say, you have this feeling where like you're invincible. And, um, hmm, that's interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly where I'm going with that, but. <laughs> well, it's interesting you said read your Bible because then we go back to a couple weeks ago yeah. where pastor said when he fell, that during that time of, you know, of, of rest, it was the first time he read the, the Bible in its entirety. That's true. So it was like, so sometimes in the success of ministry where you do preach the Bible, sometimes you don't actually read it for yourselves. You read it for your success. And so it's, so to hear pastor go like, I've never actually read the Bible in its entirety until this point, it makes you go, are people just reading the reading or are they hearing a good uh, message and they're like, I'm going to take that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to hear, I like this topic instead of this me- scripture, yeah. you know? Uh, so it could be a lot of that stuff where they're, they, on the surface, it may look like they're doing the right things and, and you you may look like you're doing the right things, but internally you're just doing it to get it done. And you're just checking a box instead of going like, you know, like I'm not, am I really investing in and reading and studying this? Am I really, am I praying just to pray or am I, you know, am I seeking God? Yeah. I was, I was talking to my kids about Proverbs three, five, and six. I'm, I'm kind of going through this phase where I'm, I'm teaching them. I'm showing them my favorite scriptures. It started yesterday. And I, and I, and I, and I, so I show them where it is in the Bible and then in their Bibles, they open up. So I'm kind of teaching them to where to find the Bible and stuff like that. But I also say, why is this my favorite? And, and Proverbs three, five, and six is one of my favorites. Cause trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understandings. Um, and all your ways seek him mm. or seek his truth and he'll make your path straight. Seeking God is so, when you seek God, like it's, it's not just a checklist thing. When you're seeking you, you, you dive in and seeking. Sometimes you're not paying attention to time. You're not ta- paying attention to schedule. You're seeking his truth to where you're just in it. And so I think, um, you know, like you said, some of those things in the rise could just be, okay, I got to, you know, success becomes the focus more than his will. Yeah. Going back to that moment when I was 24 and hit, hit that spot. I think it, for me, the challenge became, and or the question rather from God became, are you going to work for me or are you going to work for yourself? And so when you're working kind of for yourself and for those accolades and to hit what you imagine are your goals and your dreams and the biggest things that you can do, you ultimately will feel hollow and empty because it isn't for, we know that we are called to work for the Lord. No matter what you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. And so in the most literal way, God called me to work for him in ministry. Um, but that may not necessarily be where your the listener is at. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, yeah. No matter what you're doing, you still can be working for the Lord. And if you are doing that and you are achieving excellence for him, mm-hmm. that's the humil- humility piece, right? Is, is being humble, being having humility in the Lord in that what you are doing is for him and for him alone. And you are blessed by his goodness and not by necessarily the fruit of your own labor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dallas. Um, what if, cause I, I also believe what Megan said. I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer that God has come to each of us. You're listening. You don't work in ministry. That's yeah. fine. I know he's come to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if we would have said no? What if Megan Dallas, what if, so you had a turning point. Well, one can envision a fork in the road. Yeah. Like neither way would be right or wrong. Yep. Per se. Yep. Yeah. What I, I, cause I said no for a long time. Yeah. For a very, very long time. Yeah. But what, what if you would have said no permanently, would God have still been with you? Ye- yes. God gave me the choice. Yeah. I had the choice. Yeah. And it was kind of like, if you're going to come this way, it's going to be my way and you're going to have to submit to my way. It'll be a good way. Yeah. But can you submit to mm. the way that I want you to go, the way that I'm calling you? If you don't, it's not to say that 
but that's not like the bad, I'm not going to curse you. <laughs> God's not like going to hurt me for going the other way, but was I going to listen to his way? What do you think, Tails? I, I th- well, you, well, you said it. You go, I said no for a long time. Yeah. I think, I do I think people say no to God permanently? There may be some, but I think that just what happens is, is maybe God had a plan for you at 15, but we said no. And so that, then that, you know, he, he wanted to try to persuade you with that mm. plan at 25. And then you said no. And then maybe at 35, you finally go, okay, I get it. And maybe say yes. Now that could be someone's scenario. Now, can people permanently say no to God? Yeah, because he can't, you know, that's the reason we do salvation is because it is a choice. It's we a have, choice. We have our own willpower. We have our own willpower. Yeah. And so God will never force himself on you. Now he has a purpose and a plan for your life, but at the same time, he he's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna be like that person who goes, Hey, do you want do you want you want a bite? And you're like, No, and you're like, eat it. Like it's not gonna, he's not gonna do that. Yeah. He's just gonna go, okay. Like I, I want this for you, but if you don't want to take it, I can't force it on you. This, yeah, this brings an interesting, uh, for me, a very interesting idea and concept. The, um, I know there's a lot of believers out there that believe that there was only one route to get you. Mm-hmm. Like God has sought and granted saw your your life, your plan, and there is only one route that is designed for you. Yeah. Now, and these people would actually be right by technicality because, however, you're. However, your journey ends here on earth, mm-hmm. you'll, it will have only been one journey. Yeah. Right. So they're technically not like they can, it's impossible for them to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then comes in the, well, do we have willpower? Can we change our routes? Mm-hmm. Or did God o- or, o- always know this, this route? And this was the only route that was possible for you. The great mystery. The great mystery. Mm-hmm. Brings up an interesting, I'm a believer that um, we have a, we have, dozens upon dozens upon dozens of routes. And each time our will steps in, the ultimate story changes a little bit. But God has seen all these millions of possible endings. Yes. God has seen all my all my millions of possible choices. And he says, well if he if if Keith chooses this at 22 here are the 5.4 billion different scenarios that could play out for him. I, I really do. Because that because we have to remember that God is omnipresent. He's at all places yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's- But as, as being omnipresent mm-hmm. and time doesn't confine to him, yeah. he's only ever saw, we've only ever achieved the beginning and end of our life. So on the, on the people that believe, no, there's only one route. They wouldn't technically be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough to argue because we ultimately will arrive at, a series of decisions we've made yes. that will bring us to one final spot and God has already saw it. Yes. So that's like, I've, I've had, yeah. I've had coffees and conversations with uh, other believers of this. And it's like, it puts a smile on my face. Like, my gosh, he's so amazing. Yeah. God is God so, is so cool. amazing. <laughs> yeah. like, like that, just that, like, isn't God so cool? Like, yeah. oh, he's already saw how my story ends, yeah. but he's like letting me play here. Yeah. yeah. Like it is true. We all have starting line and finish lines. It's just our tracks may look different. Yeah, the shapes and the you know the you know the patterns and stuff may just look different from others. It's it may not be a straight line. It may be curves and turns and stuff, but it still has a beginning and an end. And that's why I think it's important that we don't we don't judge people based on where they're at in their life because we don't know what their journey is and we don't know what God is doing in that season of yeah. their life. Like, like, come on, I know there's some people in your life where you're like, wow, I can't believe she's doing this or he's yep. doing this. But like, you don't know what how God is using that and you don't know to what end. And so have compassion See, for people hard. who are even in this fall, right? Yeah. Who are even going through um, these moments where you're like, holy cow, he was a pastor and he did what? Like yeah. have compassion for that person because you don't know what the rise is after the fall. It's crazy too. And I'll just add this before we go into sometimes in, when, in the race of life, we may see someone where they look like they're in the same area as us, but they're actually at the start mm. or the finish of it. And I think it's very important to look at, like you said, just to tag on with you is have more patience, have more teachability available and ready because you never know where you need to give people more grace or you need to be more attentive to, because we are all in different spots of our lives. So don't focus so much on your race that you can't look to the left and go, Oh, okay. This person can encourage me or this person can, you know, this person can, you know, help me to go, Hey, I need to have compassion on there at the beginning of theirs. And so don't get annoyed. Just go, Nope. They're just, they just started. And I need to be, I need to encourage them to keep going. 
See, I was hired in a couple of places. I was hired for my gift. And nobody ever asked me about my character. Nobody ever, nobody ever said, how's your, how's your prayer? How's your this life? Nobody ever asked that question. They just wanted the gift because they needed the gift to make their deal bigger. So when you begin to operate that, you begin to forget. You begin to forget who called you. Mm-hmm. You, forget, begin, you forget to who you're supposed to lean on. And you forget who, who called you and appointed you and chose you to put you in a position. That's what you forget. Because you know why you're so enamored with, you're so awesome. You're so great. You're, you're wonderful. Maybe somebody, maybe you're in a vocation like that where people have used you for your giftedness or, or because you sell a lot of stuff. You're, you're awesome. I just, I just amen to clip. <laughs> I just realized Whoops. that I amen to clip. I, that, this was like the clip I couldn't wait to get to because I think, and I'm not even thinking ministry, I'm thinking like the workplace. I think sometimes that could be the focus is talent over character. Um, my, one of my best friends right now is in the process of interviewing for a, a job, a, a really great job. Um, but he has gone through Oh, I'll have to ask him like six interviews and like six. And a lot of it is not just talent, it's character. And he's just like, and he he goes, yeah, I got another interview this week. I was like, whoa. So it might be number seven. Hmm. And, but then I stopped and I go, wait a minute though. Like what's the turnover rate at that place? And he goes, it's very, very small. He said, I met a person who's been here for 30 years. I was like, whoa, to the point where I was like, maybe as people, as leaders, we have to bring that in and say, you know, their talent's great. Their talent's great. And we, I mean, I can look at both of you and go, we've, we've been around a lot of talented people with no character. And you go, it's just not fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they get the job done. He gets the job done. She gets the job done, but they're hard to work with. And so I think it's so important as leaders to go, yeah, they got the talent, but do they have the character? Because I'm not trying to find temporary people. I want to have people who are here for years, 30 years, 40 years. And I think that balance has to be so important between character and talent as you're looking for people. In the words of TikTok, did you understand your assignment? <laughs> right? What's your, what are you really assigned to do? Yeah. Uh, that's what Pastor Barry is asking here. Who appointed you? Yeah. Who called you? Are you coasting on your own yeah. success and letting that carry you as a leader? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I amen during the clip. I, that right. was that part I was, that was so true is like, who are, who is it? Yeah. So. And it's easy. I think it's really easy for us to sit here and be like, yeah, that person, Susie, <laughs> no character, <laughs> horrible boss. Right. Like, I think it's kind of easy for us to do that. Uh, but what, when's the last time you did that to yourself <laughs> yeah. and like said, uh, I really could have done better in that situation. And, and then gone to that person and said that like, Hey, I said something to you. Um, I was stressed out with my, with my job. And I, I'm sorry about that. That's character and building character. I feel like that's its own. There's so many different books and podcasts and you name it, I'm building character. And so however you want to, you want to approach that, you can do that. Um, but, but even going back to what Keith was talking about at the beginning, uh, how, how self-aware are you? I think being self-aware is an underrated and incredible gift. And if you can stop and pause and ask God to open your eyes. What are the things that I'm doing that I don't even know? Like I'm too busy and I just, what am I ignoring in my life right now? Like, God, would you show me? And it's going to hurt and he's going to show you and, and write it down and, um, kind of focus on, on that for a while and focus on building your character because it's only going to help you get, get farther and go higher. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to point out, like there was a soundbite that started at 26 minutes. Um, into this recording, I, I, the, the, the minute marker is relevant um, because when things don't go right, uh, like a soundbite just starting 
and I shook my head when it started. Like, why are you, why is it playing? Like what, like what just happened here? Um, I think when, when something really good's going on, the enemy, cause the enemy is all around us. Mm-hmm. There's very few spots that on this earth that, that at this moment in time in our history, that he doesn't have a presence in mm-hmm. God is greater. Good yeah. will always win. But I want to tell you, 26 minutes, if that started and you're like, what happened there? And then you disregarded the next two sentences, go back to it. Wow. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Megan was talking. Go back to it. Yeah. Because I know I I, I know I completely, I spaced it. Mm -hmm. But the enemy wants us to space things like this. Yeah. If if we aren't believing that we aren't in a constant battle between good and evil, then we are already losing. Yeah. The only way you win, you, we win this war is with proper game planning. Mm-hmm. And so it was about 26 minutes, maybe 27 after this thing renders out and it's uploaded. Uh, but yeah, like when I go on my own accord, right. I I've, um, I've always been really good at music. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can play a lot of instruments and I can do them very well. Uh, I make the videos for life church. So, I mean, I just, but everything else in life, I'm pretty bad at. <laughs> like, like I, um, I can't fix anything in the house. Like, so I, in my earlier career, uh, in my music career, I, I would say this to my wife frequently in our early marriage. Like, I've made enough money to hire people to do this for me. I don't need to know how to do this. Yeah. Um, and the, I mean, the honest to goodness truth is I, I, there are people that are really, really good at building and fixing things, and I'm just not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, my talent can take me so far. My talent has taken me decently far in my professional career. Um, without God, uh, my talent maybe could have still financially secured my future for my family. Maybe. Um, I know that there are people in this world that are wealthy and have God nowhere near them. Yeah. It's a possibility, but everything I ever, I was I ever did in my life, I was searching for something mm-hmm. and I wasn't finding like, well, if I, if I only, if I can only achieve this, then that's when, that's when I'm going to feel good. Yeah. If I can do this, that's when peace will show up. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I, if I can just get to this point, I'll, I'll want to stop killing myself. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. If this just happens, I, I, I won't be depressed anymore. Yeah. If, if only this could fall into place, then I wouldn't be suicidal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think for me, uh, a long, long time ago, I came to conclude not a long, long time. I'm not making myself sound like I'm wiser than I am. Um, but I came to a reality a bit ago, um, that I want to be known for who I am, not what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what the difference between character and talent is. Who are you? Not what you do. And I realized this too, is I've had conversations with people who, their identity is what they do. You don't have long conversations with them. It's true. You just kind of go, okay, cool, cool. Tell me more about you. And you're like, I did. I do this. I'm like, yeah, but that's not who you are. That's what you do. And I and I want to and I don't say that to insult or anger you. If you're going, wait, wait, are, is he talking about me? I'm probably not. But if you feel that way, then maybe God's talking. You say, yeah, I want you to. I want you to start defining yourself or who you are instead of what you do. You know, what you do is great and it's going to help you in who you are, but the focus got to be more on who you are instead of what you do. And that's the difference, I think, really between talent and character. For sure. Yeah, because it's not going to fulfill you. It's just not. And we think that it is and um, the world really has tried to convince us that that it will (laughs) when you hit your goals, when you get your dreams when you finally can X, Y, and Z, that's when, that's when you're really going to be happy. And it's just, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's really not. But when you are building character, when you are living for the Lord, when you are working for him, um, yeah, that's when life kind of, it switches around. Not my will, but yours, not, not God, not what I want, but what you will let me do your will. Let me be your hands and your feet because suddenly life is way better. So much more meaningful. There is purpose. There is joy in every season. And no matter what you're doing, whether that's changing a dirty diaper or, um, 
you're leading a team of 200 people yeah. at an important company. Like there will be great joy in that because yes. if you're doing it for the Lord, then there is purpose there and there is calling there because businesses can be shut down. Mm-hmm. You can be told to that you're going to be working at home. Suddenly you're non-essential. You're not important. And yeah. when that was your whole identity, it causes this huge identity crisis. And like, well, who am I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I am not that, then what? What am I? Who am I? And so, yeah, I had to run into a a lot of that um, myself. And it made me realize, first of all, work's not that important. Mm -hmm. And so when I have a conversation with somebody who work is that important and work is their whole life, I feel a little bit of like sympathy um, for them because it's a, that's kind of a lonely place to be. And I think you, maybe you realize that and you're like, this is a lonely place to be, but I'm not even really sure how to, how to climb out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, do you think you're happy, Megan? Yeah, I think I'm happy. Do you, would you trade your life with anyone's? Um, no. How come there was a hesitation there? I had to think of everyone. (laughs) 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 Uh, no, you know, I, Let's put it this way. I I take a lot of rest in knowing that there's only one me. God has called me for such a time as this. And that's something that I've had to rest a lot in in the last two years. For such a time as this, Megan, I have you right here with those neighbors, with that friend, with those people. Mm-hmm. And we all know who we're talking about, right? I have you with them and around them for a reason. Dallas, that was really good. I almost threw something at you. <laughs> um, I know hundred percent. I'm, I'm happy because, uh, and I love my life because I, I remind myself if all of this was taken away, would you still be happy? And I say, yes, mm-hmm. because I can look around, I can look at my wife, I can look at my kids and go, yeah, this is all I need, you know? And I'm going to thank God that, and I'll hear, oh, actually let me backtrack. And I, I look at what God's done in me. And I go, yeah. this, is, this is all I need. This is all I need is what, God, what God's done in me, what God's blessed me with, with, with a wonderful wife and, a, and wonderful children. And I'm thankful for that. And I think that that is a good reminder because sometimes we, we, we look and I wish I had, I wish I had, but if you didn't have, mm. would you still be happy? And I think and that, that's a good thing for me to go, okay, yes, I don't have this yet, but I have the best thing ever. And, and so I'm still content and happy because of that. That's Jeez. great. Keith. <laughs> Dallas, can you say the same thing five years ago? Yes. Six years ago? Yes. 10 years ago? Yes. 14 years ago? 14 years ago, yes, because that's when I ma- my marriage started. <laughs> 16 years ago. 16 years ago, can I say I was happy? I, I was happy with... 16 years ago. Because 16 years ago is when when uh, when the the crap hit the fan. It was uh, 2006. Was it 2006? Yeah, it was. You're right. 2006. Wow. Yeah, I would say I was thankful because it was a very tough time in my life, but I was thankful that God let it happen. So yeah, I would still say I was happy. <laughs> in hindsight, in hindsight, he can say that now. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. But in that moment, I hated it. Yeah. That's so true. Hmm. Megan. Five years ago? Was I happy five years ago? Doing math on how old I am. Um, not really. Okay. Is that wrong? Mm, no. I don't think so either. I think I was making poor choices. And when you're making poor choices and you're living through the consequences of those poor choices, you're probably not going to be very happy. Right. I've always been on this pursuit of something. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't up till recently that I may have found it. Mm-hmm. And I have an answer now. Yeah. To life? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 39. I've seen a lot. But I'm only 39. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination that if you said that to yourself and you're listening, it's, it's okay to say, no, I'm not happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, these are some of the happiest people I know in in front of me here. Yeah. And even they had a start date on it. 
That's true. Wow. Really good. Mm. So don't beat yourself up about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But take note that you're supposed to be full of happiness and peace and joy and love. Yeah. That's the end game of it all. Mm-hmm. But if you're not there yet um, and you keep doing whatever it is that you're doing in a repetitious mode of monotonous one day after another, then you'll yield the same results and you'll yield the same crop. And mm-hmm. that crop's poor. Yes. You're just replanting poor crop seed. Yeah. I don't know how you get to the other end without a a Mm self-evaluation. There's a humbling event that every one of the pastors so far has spoken of. Mm -hmm. A humbling event. If it be a poor decision, if it be a series of small little cuts that ultimately ripped open to be a massive wound, like Barry said. Mm -hmm. Or if it was Sean that just maybe not, maybe just never knew any different. Yeah. He just never, he just, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And while if you don't know, you don't know, that's okay. But if you're judging yourself on, on your heart and your intentions, remember that everyone else around you is judging you on your actions. Mm-hmm. And if your actions are poor, the, the, the end of the equation is you are. You are the exact sum of everything you've ever done. And if that yields bad crop, then you're currently in a season of producing bad crops. But that's not impossible to, to turn that around. Mm-hmm. There is one that I know of. I don't know of any more, but there is one that can mm-hmm. and will if you seek him. There's one that can and will if he is sought. I found God 20 years ago and uh, happiness then came in floods of a lot, nothing, a lot, nothing. It was like this injection, if you will, of adrenaline filled love. And then it would go away and and then it would go away. And then I'd get another spark and it would happen again. (sighs) My, My Christ journey hasn't been perfect. It's been very far from it but it's the only one I got. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine that if someone's listening to, to us say life is good, life is good. And we don't give them the middle portion of that. What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's very true. That's very, very true. I missed a lot of cues as a dad because I was trying to climb the ladder. I missed a lot of cues as a husband because I was trying to be something that, that I didn't have the ability to be. My gifts would have taken me there, but my character restricted me from the pathway. That's why I didn't make it. You know, I think, I think when you're, you're in a state of being broken that you make some really bad decisions and you make some really bad judgments on what's good, what's right, and how to choose those things. And then you begin to choose and make those decisions in your life about relationships you have, but they're all made out of brokenness and not out of wholeness and not out of of what God says, hey, this is the way walk you in it. You you do this way. Because because when you're listening to your own drum and you're listening to your own YouTube channel about how great you are and how wonderful you are and how fast you rose and how much the world loves you, but yet you miss the boat with those closest to you, then you've wrecked. The ladder, the ladder, climbing a ladder is not bad. You know, a ladder gets you from one place to another. It's, but the biggest thing that we have to to remember when it comes to climbing a ladder is focus. You, you should never climb a ladder with your eyes closed. You should never climb a ladder looking in a different direction. Your focus should be getting you to that place as you climb the ladder and, and, and when there's focus, one, you'll, you'll, you'll get there safely, but two, you'll make sure you're on the, li- the right ladder. I mean, have you, have you ever thought about like, maybe I'm climbing up a ladder I was never supposed to climb up? I, I had that moment uh, tw- uh, 12, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, 
almost 11 years ago, I had that moment. I worked at a really great company. I was actually in, I was in the maintenance department, not, not fixing, but cleaning. <laughs> so I was a janitor, but I was a janitor getting paid really good money, really good money for at the time. And they would give um, bonuses, Christmas bonuses, things like that. And I remember getting a bonus just because for of $3,000. And at that moment, I was like, holy moly, this is amazing. And so I, out of being grateful and, and gratitude and everything like that, I, I had access to the CEO at the time, which I, that company has climbed and climbed. And I don't know if you could have as much access to the CEO as I did at that moment. I, I knocked on his door and I said, I said, sir, thank you so much. I just wanted to say thank you for this uh, bonus. And I just, you know, just want to appreciate you. And, and I remember him looking at me and go, it's only going to get bigger and better. And for some people, that's like, whoa, that's excitement. For me, that was a wake up call. That realizing that if I, if I cl keep climbing this ladder, I will never walk in the ladder of my calling. And so there's, I went home and I was grateful for it. I, not like I teared up the check. I definitely used it, but I did tell my wife, um, I think we need to, we need to really pursue full-time ministry. Like, I think this, it's time to, to, um, to, to pursue it. And then an opportunity came right after that. And so, um, I think that's why it's so important that we focus when you're on the ladder, because one, you'll, you'll be safe. You won't miss things and you'll make sure you're right. You're on the one that God's called you to, to be on. Every time you talk and tell me a story about you just being a man, mm -hmm. I'm just always impressed. Oh, I'm, thank you. I'm, you know, at, how, how old were you at that point? I was 25 maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a mature, wise 25 year old. Oh, thank you. You know, that's, it is so not my story. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's so impressive when you speak, man. It's yeah. That's yeah. I really appreciate that. That's all I got there. That was, that was it. Yeah. Uh, Ego stroking. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Dallas, you're so awesome. Uh, wasn't Barry talking about this? Are you listening to your own YouTube channel? <laughs> Are you listening to your own YouTube channel? Yeah, I don't think I had that experience. I always felt like I felt like uh, people didn't appreciate me, like like I had more and I was underappreciated, and that was so frustrating for me. And uh, finally, I feel like God was just like, "Why are you chasing? Why are you chasing that? Mm -hmm. The plans of man are many, right? We make many plans, and everybody else is making all kinds of plans. And so, when your CEO guy says it's only getting bigger and better, man, he has so many plans." Mm -hmm. hmm. But what was God planning and, and what is God's overseeing and what is he producing? And so, yeah. You better stop it, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> you better stop it. <laughs> Get out of here. Preaching right now. Gosh, jeez. I don't know. I I feel like um, but there's, there's so many plans going on in the world right now. There are yeah. so many plans. And tell you what, you can get sucked up into them. You can start reading some news articles and get, Mm -hmm. lost real quick in some plans that are feel really, there's some really hopeless stuff guys right now. Truly. Um, are you, are you kind of just being like a bystander to some of that, that like, or are you, are you resisting saying no, not the plans of man, but the plans of God. And so is your life honoring that? Amen. Oh my goodness. That was like a mini sermon okay, you guys just got. So have you ever heard Pastor Megan speak? Uh, I did. I'm chewing on that. So. <laughs> I, I get her for about 55 minutes yeah. every week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, so tell me, Megan, about uh, you, you quickly skimmed over. You were the top what in what? Oh yeah. So I sold Lancome, which is a makeup yeah. brand. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I, like, as soon as you said it, I knew what it the looked like. I knew yeah. what the logo looked like. Yeah. I'm like, that's how you say it? Lancome. Okay. Yeah. It's French. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yes, I did. I worked for Lancome. I was, uh, uh, 
successful sales associate. And, um, I did that here in green Bay. And so I, I like weirdly still see people that used to come to my makeup counter and I'm like, Oh, hi. Or they're like, how do I know you? Like I sold you a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) and so people are, people are generous and people are good. And so, uh, people will also buy a lot of stuff. So that's great. But yeah, you know, I, I got to a point where I was like, I'm so successful. And yet I, I didn't feel like I was getting the reward from like my bosses. Like I wasn't getting, um, the opportunities that I wanted. I wanted to grow and I wanted to go and to go and, and do big things. I like really had this in me that I wanted to do big things. Um, but I didn't really know what. And so I had a college degree. I'm still working at, um, a makeup store. And so I was like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and around that time, that's when the magazine came out here at Life Church. And I was coming to Life Church and I pulled Pastor Sonny aside and I was just like, I want to be a part of that. Like that feels like a big thing and I want to do that because all I knew is that I wanted to be part of big things. And um, well, actually this was a couple years later. So I went through another job in the middle of that, but um, still had that desire in me to do something big. And that's when I feel like God kind of, brought this question to me, like, do you want to do big things for me Mm -hmm. or do you want to do big things for you? And when you do big things for me, Megan, it's not going to look the same as if you do big things for you. And I'm not saying you can't do big things for you, Yeah. but you could do them for me. And I was just like, how could I, how could I not? What was the reward doing the big things for him? Hmm. What changed? Yeah. I mean, my, my life, like yeah. uh, where I find satisfaction and joy. Where's that? I mean, God. And that sounds so like, mm, <laughs> okay, nice. But like when you, when you lay down what you want and you start picking up what he wants and doing what he wants for him, I even talked about it a little bit on Sunday, but there's this, there's order to that. And when your life is in order, there is peace and there is blessing and you will, you will get blessing in places you didn't know that you could be blessed. Yeah. It's interesting too, looking at the three of us and how, you know, just cause we all came in to this, this, uh, to come work at life church as, as one thing, but we have not stayed in that one thing yeah. that we've become more than just the thing that we were hired to do. And I'm thankful that we have pastors who are, who, who see, who saw something in us, even when we didn't see it. And, 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 mm. and now we're just, we're all three of us are doing something yeah. totally different than what we, I mean, we're still have our hands in some things, you know, so, but, but really we're more than just what we got hired to do. And I think that's really great. And I think that's, and uh, that openness and that trust and going, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. He, it just reminds us that God has more for us than we even thought we had, like you said, more than what we thought we had for ourselves. Everything uh, that you two have accomplished in your life um, and knowing you and calling you both friends, knowing your families and calling your families, my family. Don't, 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 don't shy away from how you got it. Mm -hmm. I think today for me, the, the beautiful part of, of this entire episode is learning more about you two because your stories and how you got to where you are is a roadmap for somebody else. Yeah, totally. And my, in my experience, had I kept it to myself, um, all that pain and sorrow would have been for nothing. Mm-hmm. It would have just been a, a th- an event that maybe I go back to every now and again. But I I have to remember that my experiences that brought me here are a roadmap and blueprint for somebody to get out of theirs. And you two don't don't shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Those are very critical points in both of your stories, and that they matter. And they, and they matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've searched for peace my whole life and found it in small doses until, until I fully submitted to God. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to say that that happened right after I was saved. Yeah. Yeah. But almost two decades later, I fully did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying, Megan, the, what the reward is. 
the reward for me is just sanity. Yeah. That's it. It, 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 sanity for me wasn't packaged in riches, mm-hmm. though riches are what I what I earned. It wasn't packaged in looks or tastes or smell, experiences or seasons or homes, cars. Though I had all of those, it was ultimately packaged with a, a beautiful package with a nice bow that just said "seen." Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's I, so true. I can't imagine that someone listening here isn't wanting that. Yeah, especially yeah. when it feels like people are losing their minds out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I started this show and I said, this is what my take on it was. And we talked about humble, mm. humility. And when Megan finished about putting how you said your wants and desires to the side. Humble by definition reads having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance, putting someone else's importance first. Nice. (laughs) At this point in the show, do you call me a fortune teller? (laughs) I don't know. Did I, did I, did did we set it all up for this moment? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) That's, I love it. That, that, to me, that, that kind of reminds me that I'm thankful what God's doing in this podcast for you. Cause here's the thing it's and, and people are like, ah, that was a, a parlor trick. No, no, no. We, uh, me and Keith talked because, uh, well, before Megan came in and he told me about that. I told him what my, my direction was, but it's interesting that, that, you know, again, we, I do fully believe you believe and you believe that, that, you know, God is changing lives in this podcast. So it's not just us, you know, cracking jokes and doing that. It's, it's taking a message that was geared to encourage and help you and go, Hey, how can we unpack this even more to encourage and help you on your Jesus journey? Mm -hmm. And so I'm super excited that I feel like, you know, that really, really did happen today. Yeah, and just reminding so what God's doing in this. So yeah. good. We say at Life Church, look at God. Yes. Yeah. And truly, if you didn't find something to say, look at God about today, think about it a little bit. Yeah. And totally. find something. Amen. Because I already, I, I got a text sitting here uh, while we've been filming this podcast. Where I literally texted back, look at God. Like yeah. something came through. Yeah, that's awesome. So crazy. Like, and it's small stuff, guys, but God is in the details and God is in all of the details of your life and stopping and recognizing what details he's in will get you to the place that he's trying to get you to go. Those moments that you speak of, I didn't see because God wouldn't let me see those moments until I fully submitted. Mm -hmm. And now I see them. Yep. Now I see them all the time. Awesome. I'm yeah. blinded by them. Yeah. All I can see is them. Mm. So thanks guys. Uh, yeah. This was a good episode. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Chew on That. Hey, if you enjoyed uh, the episode and think someone you know may benefit from the topics we discussed, hey, share the link to this podcast on your social media platforms. And we'd also love it if you would rate and review this podcast the chew on that podcast i have it on a script that says this podcast and like <laughs> like like it's underlined like, like which thi- this one mm-hmm. uh yeah on our podcast so uh just more and more people can be exposed to the life-giving message of jesus hey my name again is pastor keith um for pastor dallas and megan hey we thank you and we can't wait to talk again next week come hungry because we're gonna chew on that <laughs> I like that outro. Um, Dallas has said he's got no emails about that outro. Or if you love it, let us know. Yes. (laughs) Dallas at lifechurchgb.com. I I will stop doing it if I get a lot of people saying they don't like it. (laughs) I'm going to chew on that. (laughs) 